and I'm dealing with millions and millions and millions of dollars worth of real estate. So why should they trust me? You got to ask for the business. If you don't ask for the business, you're not going to get the business. The way you do anything is how you do everything, right? I eat no's for breakfast. If I don't get at least 50 no's in one day, I don't feel like I did my job. Man, I ended up being a horse rider during the Christmas season. I was riding camels, uh, being one of the three kings. Obviously, money caught your attention, right? We talk about like how we started our business was we needed some money. I was working corporate. I quickly realized that I didn't like it. Uh, as I would look at my managers, I wanted to be nothing like them. In my business, a lot of people don't set agendas. You go into a meeting, you're going to go pitch a client. No one sets the table. No one knows what we're going to talk about. Hold on to life. <laughs> be ready and be ready and know how things take off, you know? They joke around. They say they like to chop heads off. Tell them what you're going to tell them then tell them, and then tell them what you just told them. But what if they say yes? What it if? changes everything. It changes everything. We've got some hey, fresh, I'm Luis. And I'm Luis. You and you're listening before. to the Content is Profit One, two, Podcast. It feels good. Hey, feels good to have the sounds. Got, yeah, you're welcome, by the I way. I appreciate the I effort know. you put in there. We're uh, jig-rigging all this stuff, you know, <laughs> and we're like getting... A, Accom what's it accommodated in the new studio? I mean, whatever. we did like 400 episodes from the same location with the same machine. Muscle memory know? was is the thing. Everything was like set up perfectly. And then all of a sudden, you know, mayhem. I'm not going to lie. The last couple of episodes <laughs> been kind of challenging to edit because I got to like pull all the pieces together since we don't have it all. But it's a good lesson there for you that you're producing your own podcast. Build that system. Make sure that you can keep it the same so you can actually be consistent. But remove anyways, the friction. Remove the friction, baby. Hashtag smooth operator. With that said, guys. I'm so stoked. Fonzie had a conversation with this person that came from another connection. Yeah, actually, show. from Diego. Diego. Which, today, dropped his episode. I mean, if you're listening to this, it was a couple days ago. A couple weeks ago. But yeah. it dropped the day that we're recording this. That's so make right. sure you go check it out because it's an incredible conversation yeah. as they well. Also, they also just launched uh, their own Spanish podcast. Hey. You know? hey and, and Proud it's moment. Gucci, Gucci. So good. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, anyways, so Diego introduced us to today's guest. Tell me, and tell me more. Honestly, he was like, guys, he, he, it was the first intro that he sent. He's like, you need to have this guy on the podcast, right? He sent us a little description, and I was like, this guy sounds like a total baller. We need to have <laughs> it on the show. So you know, so what, what's he doing right now? What what's our guest doing? There we go. You gotta keep. You know, you gotta I'm, let me go. You gotta let me go. I gave him a call. I was like, yo, what is up? Well, first of all, we were trying to plan a call. He's like, well, I'm like hiking Machu Picchu, something like that, bro. Like, he was having the, the adventure of his lifetime somewhere around the world. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. That sounds amazing, you know? So then he came back, we had a phone call, and he told me all about this real estate company that he has built, right? And I think they have around, maybe I'm mistaken here, but I think they have around like $20 million real estate portfolio, right? That he has built without like anybody kickstarting it. Oh, and I was baby. like, okay, that is pretty impressive. T tell us all the secrets. That That is right. And then <laughs> I was curious. I was like, and what about your content? What are you doing on that side of things? You know, because somebody with that level of success, yeah. you know, I'm sure they have a good story to tell. And he told me, well, that's actually what I'm working with Diego to start putting my, my, my content and my story and all my yes. lessons out into the world. So Can't we're going to be diving in today. All right. Sounds good. Without further ado, I think it's ready to go and yep. introduce... All right, guys, but hey, don't forget to follow the show in your favorite <laughs> podcasting platform, especially on YouTube. Uh, we're finally caught up to all 458 episodes so far. Let's Good go. Job. Shout Good out job. to the team and obviously share it with your people. So with that said, guys, please welcome our incredible guest, Miguel Pinto. <laughs> What's up, Miguel? <laughs> What's up? What's up, guys? We're doing amazing, Pretty man. Good. How are you, are you doing? That's a real question. <laughs> I'm doing. I'm doing fantastic, guys. Never been better. Um, thank you for having me on. <laughs> by the way, this is awesome. Love the intro. <laughs> Haven't been this hyped up since man high school <laughs> soccer, probably. So uh, really appreciate it. And uh, yes, yeah. And then shout out to Diego, man, making this intro to you guys. Um, shortly after he made it, I started. Uh, listening to uh, to the podcast, you guys are doing a fantastic job. I, I thank heard you. the 400 episode. <laughs> thank you. Thank Dude, you. What a milestone! I think you guys said something that like maybe five percent of the of the podcasts out there get to that 
that level. So uh, congrats. Thank on you. That. Really. Thank I you. Really it appreciate it. And uh, I, I honestly cannot wait to see your content journey, right? Because oh, obviously yeah. you've you've been very successful in the in business with your company, and uh, we're gonna dive into into that. So I'm extremely stoked that uh, you're actually gonna start sharing some of that knowledge. Don't be, <laughs> you know, don't keep it to yourself. <laughs> and uh, and I, and I appreciate it. you know a big part of what we say is like obviously consistency. That's gonna set you apart completely. Yep. Uh, and uh, yeah, a big part of like why you need this system in that sense. But anyways. Miguel, obviously, you had the conversation with Fonsi. How? Tell us a little bit about like how you started. Uh, you do commercial real estate, right? If I'm not mistaken, like how how do you start that line of business? Do yep. you do something before? Uh, you know, on our on our side, we started production after we started seven other things, right? And <laughs> uh, was that the first thing that you chose? Like why you choose it? Uh, how's that? How's that side? Yeah. So, guys, I I, I got into commercial real estate as soon as I graduated college. So I went to FIU down in Miami. Um, when you look at the landscape of Miami, the city moves on real estate. Uh, these tall, beautiful, shiny yeah. glass boxes. Uh, to me, it's, uh, it's the goal. It's what I want to ultimately end up doing and building. And, um, you know, my dad's a developer, awesome. a contractor by trade. So I've been around the world of building and developing for a long time. Um, hmm. My parents are from Colombia. My dad still lives out there. So, you know, I, I, I couldn't do this with him, but nonetheless, uh, this is what I wanted to do. So right after college, I um, I actually started working for, for hmm. AT&T corporate hmm. um, out of Atlanta. Doing, I, I got into this program called the Business Sales Leadership Development Program. Um, and, uh, Anyway, I, I was working corporate. I uh, I quickly realized I didn't like it. Uh, as I would look at my managers, I wanted to be nothing like them. I didn't, yeah. I didn't aspire to, yeah, to, to to be there in general. And 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 then I started right after when I left AT and T. I started doing some analytical work for mm. for a fund called Brico, and um, and essentially I was helping them put some of their debt books together, some of the financial modeling. And then when there was a closing, I would notice the closing statement and I would look at it and the <laughs> brokers were making a ton of money. Yeah. Deals. Tons of money. So I said, look, I'm in the wrong part of this. I'm, I'm on the wrong part of this uh, equation here. Uh, let me go into the sales side. And yeah. it's something I've always enjoyed, right? I've uh, just, I, I, whether it's helping somebody acquire something yeah. or helping somebody sell something, um, you know, it's, it really rings, rings true to me. So, so I, uh, I moved back to Miami. I left Atlanta, moved back to Miami and uh, got my real estate license, started working with a, with a couple. I worked at two different shops before I founded Apex Capital Realty, which is the company that I, that I founded and CEO. Uh, we've been awesome. out since 2017. Um, have a team of 35 agents. And um, yeah, guys, I mean, we're trying to just take over South Florida. Right in the mid market, and mid market to us, is that's amazing. Mm. That that's so cool. And something that sticks out is like you mentioned, obviously, money caught your attention, right? We talk about like how we started our business was we needed some money, right? <laughs> We're like we don't want to work for you know corporate, and it, where we live in in Florida, North Florida, is a lot of logistics, like banking type of deal, and had zero interest on that. But we talk a lot about yep. that initial. I'm going to call it greed, right? Like if like we need the, the thing and then, you know, obviously you, you grow that thing and that the purpose kind of evolves and different things, but you saw sales as a vehicle to do that. But a lot of people that we talked about in the content space or in, in general, right. Might be intimidated by selling stuff. You said that to you, that came natural. How, how, what's your view around sales, right? Because uh, there's a lot of friction around there. And uh, one of the things that we talk about all the time with the show is that vehicle to create a relationship, eventually to create an opportunity on the on the back end, right? For a show like the the, the Contents Profit show, that's what helps us in a, in a big time building our network and making incredible connections, giving a ton of value back and forth, but it also presents that opportunity. So uh, that was kind of like our, 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 our vehicle to tackle sales initially when it was episode one and we had 60 days worth of runway and he, and he turned out uh, good for us. Now for you, what did that come naturally? Do you have some training? Uh, how do you approach sales? Is it value first? Like how, how do you talk to me a little bit about that? 
Yeah, I mean, so my first job ever, uh, mm. I got it the day I turned 15. Mm. I, uh, I grew up in Orlando, Florida, and I worked at The Gap at the clothing store because it was the only place that would hire a 15-year-old. And so the thing there was like, hey, selling people gap <laughs> yeah. cards. And I had to be part-time because I was, going, yeah. I was going to high school, right? And you would sell people these gap cards, these credit cards. Um, and I was really good at it. I mean, I would, I would, and it was just me just going up, being nice, talking to people, offering it to them. And, uh, and as a part-timer, I was beating out the guys <laughs> that were full-time and the managers, right? So um, from there, I kept doing, like, throughout high school, I kept doing retail. I ended up working at, at a place called Dolly Parton <laughs> Sixty Stampede, um, which is... <laughs> Man, life is weird, right? I was uh, I was working at the store. Two managers of the of the of Dolly Parton Sixty Stampede come in. I start talking to them, um, and they're like, "Hey, do you know how to ride horses?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I actually do know how to ride horses." Funny enough, they're like, "Hey, would you want to try out uh, to be a writer or a performer?" And I said, "Fine, I'll do it." And and the place yeah. is right across the street from the mall. So, um, man, I ended up. Being a horse rider during the Christmas season, I was riding camels, uh, being one of the three kings. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, no, look, it was a really good time. But I tell you, I'll tell you this. Um, I, 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 my first job, I mean, it was selling. Even when I was working at Dolly Parton's, yeah. there was some selling involved. Um, and, and to me, it's just been natural. When I got to college, um, again, kept doing... I would find jobs where I could sell because to me, it's the fastest way to, to yeah. capitalize if you're good at it. If you're not good and you're not willing to put in the work, yeah. it's, yeah. it's going to be very tough for you. But um, I got more formal training when I went to AT&T. That, that program that I mentioned, that business sales leadership development program, it's a, it's, it's, it's a pretty tough program to get into. Uh, it's for business yeah. majors graduating college. And, uh, and then you go through this immersive nine-month just – consultative selling program and after that they, they they give you you know their corporate accounts that that AT&T has and uh so that helped out a whole lot but look uh it, when it comes to real estate it's 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 a whole lot different right our the value that we bring to the market is that we uncover opportunities so generally to me that means that we are speaking to the sellers we are trying to that when the market is good amazing everyone's making money um, we're breaking records on, on what buildings are selling for, what land is selling for. Uh, when the market is not so good, when you have negative forces against you, as we do today, uh, you're trying to help people get out of situations that they probably shouldn't be in, right? The guy that's now not making payments on his loan. The guy that, the developer that perhaps bought a piece of land, did not get approvals, did not get his construction financing. He has a, he has a hard money loan at 10%. He's not going to be building this in this cycle. He needs to sell it, right? So we help out. <clears throat> to me, I see it more as, as, yes, it is sales, absolutely. But we are helping people out to achieve whatever they need to achieve, right? And, and, and generally, when in commercial real estate, it's a high-stakes game of poker, right? You cannot fail to make too many mistakes because that could bury you forever. So, guys, we track the market. We know it intimately. We have a lot of relationships. We're keeping up with the clients. And... Uh, and yeah, I mean, whether they're trying to invest or yeah. offload. That is awesome. I'm curious about the, you know, the camel riding <laughs> and the, and the leadership uh, <laughs> and the leadership uh, development, the business sales leadership development program that you did. Right. And I'm curious on, on lessons that you've carried from those times. Right. Because again, when we look at our story, like, it's not like we learned everything but we always from each experience we just grab one or two things that we usually carry across with us that have been helpful and you know it's not just uh sales training overall maybe there's one element in that that was a highlight for you that has served you in what you're doing to especially build connections right and that is i think that is a good common point that we have right like sure we're not into real estate but what we do and I would argue that majority of business is forming those relationships, right? Yesterday, I had a friend here. He's a financial advisor. And we were talking about it. And he was telling me that literally all his business has been built on relationships. And I, I would argue that that's majority of people, right? So 
I'm curious, what is maybe one or two of those insights, you know, from your camel riding stage of life, right, to the, to the <laughs> business sales leadership <clears throat> development, right? What are some things that you've carried to today that help you build those relationships that now, you know, help you grow the business that you have at the moment? Yeah, I mean, look, from, from my camel riding days, I don't think, I mean, this was a dinner show in Orlando, right? So uh, there wasn't a lot there besides knowing that camels, when they're laying down on the floor, they get up with their hind legs first. I'm going to say this, though. Right. You need, once you start, you know, putting out your content, you need to tell these stories, but also you need to do a piece of content on, on, a, a, on camel. a camel. Like, it's good. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Get back on a camel. Dude, it was so funny because we would be holding, you know, we were like one of the three kings. Yeah. So it would be three of us on camels, right? Three different camels. And we'd be holding yeah. the gift of like the king, of the three king. And so when the camel would get up, it would be like, you'd be like fucking <laughs> off almost if you weren't ready for it. So, uh, so you listen, know, that, that was listen always there, fun. Be, be always ready. But no, man, look, <laughs> right. just hold on, hold on to life. <laughs> be ready and be yeah. ready and know how things take off, you know? So, and, and then look on the, on the business sales initial development program, it, to me, like the, the one thing that I always remember that the trainer that I had, that I had back then, her name was Teresa Sprawling. Um, this, this just, this mm. woman that was just full of life, uh, mm. been there for decades. And then she would always, you know, and I still do, I still do it to this day. And it's really because of her shout out to Teresa, um, yeah. you know, setting an agenda, right. In my business, a lot of people don't set agendas. You go into a meeting, you're going to go pitch a client. No one sets the table. No one knows what we're going to talk about, right? So she would always tell me, hey, Miguel, tell them what you're going to tell them, then tell them, <laughs> and then tell them what you just told them. And, and let me tell you, that, 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 it, it sounds like a small thing, but when I show up to a meeting with a big client developer, big investor, when I do that in the beginning of the meeting, right? I, do, I might do a little bit of small talk, but once I set the agenda, hmm. they know that I mean business. And, uh, and, and that really just kind of helps because I, I've had a lot of negative, I wouldn't say negative forces work against me, but look, we, I founded a company, I think I was 26 years old, uh, and I'm dealing with millions and millions and millions of dollars worth of yeah, yeah. So why should they trust me? Um, I, I, I did not come from a big institutional brokerage, like a CBRE, a, uh, JLL, Cushman and Wakefield. So my pedigree wasn't normally what they're used to. And, and so I would have to show my value in different ways. And, and, and something as small as that, they knew that I wasn't, I wasn't there to yeah. play games with them. Yeah. The time. So um, anybody that's out there selling, I mean, something as simple as that can just really help you out. Um, from those days, what else? I mean, look, they, they, they taught us a lot of consultative selling, right? Ask a lot of questions. Yeah. You know, find the pain points. Yeah. So can, can you repeat the, so. tell the, on the agenda side, right? Because I think, uh, a lot of the questions that we got on the podcast, and every time we talk about the the, the platform, right? A lot of the intimidation comes to, wow, how do I approach these guests? Maybe they're bringing somebody that for them it it means the world, right? Somebody that they uh, that they place on top on the you know perspective scale, right? They're like, they got these guys are way bigger, and it can get pretty intimidating, right? For for us, uh, it came when we decided to lean into us right we're like we're just gonna be ourselves and it is what it is and uh, we don't care right like on that side and yeah. it, that really showed and for some reason we're like hey this is what's gonna happen like this is you know the production whatever so on that side i would love to like bring it back to the content side because a lot of the collaboration happens over you know meetings like this right podcasting zoom meetings and different things and uh, i've been in calls where it's like all over the place and that could the trust at that point lowers a lot and it can be pretty harmful at the end of the day for that rela relationship. So tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, and then tell them again. Is that, is that the formula? <laughs> and tell them what you, you just told them. What you just told them. Right. So at the end of the, yeah. So at the beginning of the meeting, Hey, Hey guys, uh, Luis Fonzie, these are the three things that we're going to talk about today. I'm going to get started. I'll start telling you about those three different things. And at the end of the meeting, Hey Fonzie, Luis, we talked about these three things. These are awesome. the next steps for us to move forward, right? So just set the agenda, give them the content, and then come back. Yeah, and I like that. I, I really like that at the end. for uh, two points. First, it reminds me of Jesse Itzler, which, you know, we've been fortunate to meet in person, actually did a video 
yeah. for a company that was working with him and like we got to film in and record him and it was awesome if you're not familiar with jesse you gotta you gotta meet that guy uh, he actually lives in atlanta but i'm deviating <laughs> a little bit he says one of the things that he says is you know the way the way you do everything the way you do anything is how you do everything right and it goes back to that kind of like setting the the agenda right those little things and for you what you you mentioned was you know you're doing these things maybe your your history kind of build rapport on itself but the way i'm carrying myself the way i'm doing my daily activities when i meet people the way i'm carrying those conversations right those little things are actually helping build rapport with the other person and i think that is huge right for example on the podcasting world you can reach out to somebody and they say yeah sure i'm interested and then the conversation can end there if you don't follow up but if you're consistently checking in with them hey i would love to have you on the show right i would love to come here i would love to develop this relationship right we talk about this with diego value 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 right like just stay on top of mind yeah. people are gonna say wow like if this person is like this just to bring me on the podcast right imagine after the transition from a podcast to a conversation of like hey i would love to check if there's any opportunities you know for us to collaborate in any way they already have a frame of mind that is like this person does anything the way he does everything right like he does does it with the same consistency and the same intensity and i think that is super yeah. super important now the second point that i wanted to mention well i was just gonna do a highlight like that applies for a lot of people here in the in the studio now and the people that we talk to they want to look for advertisers they want to look for partners for their shows they want to yeah. look for financing for their shows for their their content right it applies to that as well not only an interview but it applies to that as well so if they see you with that persistent you know and and consistency i think good outcome is gonna is gonna happen yeah and i also I like your point of, you know, kind of like at the end of the meeting of telling them what you told them already, right? And I see this as, this is kind of like a, I'm totally relating this to, to something totally different, but I think there's a lesson in here, which is sometimes people just don't pay attention and they need <laughs> the too long, didn't read, right? The TLDR at the end, so they can know exactly what's coming do that with your content as well and i see a lot of this on twitter people write these like super long threads and then the last two is too long didn't read three bullet points of what the whole you know 500 word essay that they share was and then people are like all right cool and then they get to share just because they already feel like they got the insights from that at the bottom right so again totally unrelated to what we're talking about <laughs> on the other aspect but i think it's a good lesson in there Tell people that the too long, didn't read version of things, bullet points. And, you know, it's like drive your point and make sure they understood that. Yeah. Oh, guys. And, and it goes without saying the last point there after after you said the agenda, after yeah. you tell them what you're going to tell them. And then you told them what you just told them. Right. To summarize the, the meeting. It's it's uberly important mm. that you ask for the business. Right. Yes. If we are talking about selling. Because if you don't ask for it, the, the people are never going to volunteer and say, hey, <laughs> can I hire you? Unless you've been super impressive in that meeting. Yeah. And, you know, but you should always be the one asking for the business. And, and that's, a, that's a common error that I see, um, yeah. that I see a lot of people make. They'll go, they'll meet, they'll, they'll pitch. Yeah. But at the end, they don't ask for the business, right? Yeah. Hey, <laughs> you need to sign this contract now. Or, hey, please review it. Get comments back to me. I'll talk yeah. to you tomorrow about this. Yeah. Um, so you in your experience, why is that? Why are people afraid of the ask? And I, you know, I've been victim of that <laughs> plenty of times. It's not going to lie. You know, I'm not the, the best salesman out there in the world, but sometimes I love giving value a lot. Like I'm like having these conversations, boom, sharing all the secrets. And then when it comes to the moment of the ask, it's challenging, right? What, in, in your opinion, what you've seen, right? With your team or yourself, like, why is that? Um, man, I think it's a couple things. I think it's, it's, I think it's poor training and, and, and when it's poor training, I put that on me, uh, because we didn't do a good enough job training this individual to do so. So when I see it happening one too many times where they go on to a pitch and they don't come back with an agreement signed, I'm like, Hey, let me go with you next time. Right. Yeah. I want to be a fly on the wall. Maybe I'll help you out. Right. But I want to understand what's going on. And then I'll see that they're not asking for the business. I'll meet up with them and say, Hey, look, I mean, pitch was great. Everything was great. Your comparables were great. But if you yeah. don't ask for the business, you're never going to get it. Right. 
if you don't ask, I'm married. If I would have never asked my wife out on a date, we probably yeah. wouldn't be where we're at today, right? Um, that's that's just simple. So asking you shall receive, right? That's what they say. So definitely apply that to uh, yeah. to sales. I th- and I think the other part is some people are just, they, they fear rejection. They fear someone's telling them no. Mm-hmm. I eat no's for breakfast. If I don't get at least 50 no's in one day, I don't feel like I did my job, right? And that's the same thing that I tell my team. You're gonna at least in the game that I play, you're gonna get a ton, a ton more no's yeah. than, than than yeses. So I I make my team know what their stats are. Like how many people do you have to reach out to to get that meeting? Yeah. How many meetings do you have to get to get that listing? How many listings do you need to get to get a closing? Right. Oh, man. And just understand that. And, and if you work it backwards, if you work that math backwards, you're gonna get a ton of no's and you gotta be okay with it. You gotta have rhino skin. Right. If people aren't telling you no, you probably didn't do I'm- a good job working today. Yeah. So I think that's the other interesting. Point. I love that. I love the eating nose for breakfast. Maybe that'll be my new life motto. <laughs> well, uh, we did. I mean, there, was a, there was a pivotal moment, Neil, where like in our, in our business, we were going through a very rough patch. And I remember having a conversation with my coach at the moment and we had to change perspective. I was in a very negative space mentally too. And uh, it's, you know, when, whenever like you're, you're trying, you're in my head, I was busy. In my head, I was like doing all these things, right. And nothing was working. And uh, I just had to like get out of that. And what we did at the time was like, okay, what about instead of chasing the yeses, we chase the no's, right? Yeah. And we make a competition of like, how many no's can we get uh, during this week? How many no's can we go? And that changed the whole dynamic. And it felt way lighter to actually go do the thing that we needed to do at the time. Yeah. And to me personally, that helped a ton. So I love that. You know, I eat no's for breakfast. That's a great thumbnail, by the way. Uh, <laughs> no's for breakfast. And uh, and I think everybody has to go with that because, I mean, there's always going to be somebody there that you will be able to help, right? We just need to move fast and consistently enough to get there. Yeah, 100%. Totally. I mean, guys, when I look at when I look at what you guys are doing, at least for content is profit, right? I'm sure you would love to ha- have Elon Musk in this podcast, Mark Cuban, whoever yeah. may have you, right? And maybe you haven't reached out because you may get a no. Yeah. But what if they say yes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What it if? changes everything. It changes everything. Right? Changes everything for you. And so why not ask, right? Like, what's the worst? He's going to say no? Okay, no problem. Yep. Life didn't yep. change. No problem. But one of those days it will. So, you know, it's the same thing. I think it's just applies in sales in general, but in... In, in commercial real estate, you know, we get paid a percentage of the hmm. price of the property. So the, the bigger, and by the way, selling a million dollar property or selling a hundred million dollar property, there's not hmm. a lot of differences. It actually becomes easier selling a hundred million dollar property because the people that own the property and that are buying the property are yeah. more sophisticated than the guys that are selling and buying $1 million properties, yeah. right? There's less handholding. But as a percentage of the of the sale, you're just getting paid a lot more. So why not step up to the higher leagues? Why not ask for that business? And and so that's what I mean by that. I get no for yeah. I get no for breakfast all the time. Like I, I, my team and I are reaching out all the time, and uh, and we'll make an attempt and we'll put our best foot forward and hopefully we get engaged. If we don't, hey, chalk it up. That's Absolutely. That we got yeah. And for the, for those listening, right? Like if you if you have a service based business, right? If you are trying to sell something, we we see a lot of people in our community that are trying to sell smaller ticket items, right? And there's a lot of work, right? That has to be done. And then they, you know, we feel that they have to build the funnel. They have to build these websites, all these things, right? And there's a lot of effort. And we were in that train for a long time. And it wasn't until we changed that perspective. And still we can go way higher, right? For the concept that you said, like selling that higher end to that person that actually values, you know, the service that you might be providing that are already spending that or more in that, in that uh, specific niche, you will be able to, build more capacity, more resources with uh, maybe a little bit more, less effort, even the same effort, right? So I think that's a massive concept what you shared. Obviously you shared it under the lens of real estate, but it also applies with any entrepreneur, right? And if you're selling anything, it's like, what is the like the level up thing that you can do? What is the, the higher price ticket that you can deliver that service for uh, that you might be thinking, oh, maybe this is a hundred dollar product, right? And maybe mm-hmm. it's not a hundred dollar product. Maybe it's a $5,000 product, right? Um, so it applies to everything. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, um, I'm curious though. Yeah. I'm curious about the katana you have behind you. <laughs> and I know this is like a, a random, <laughs> random, uh, you know, 
change of topic, but we mentioned at the beginning and it really caught my eye. I love the whole Japanese culture, like the samurai culture of discipline. And I'm curious, you know, like we've been talking about yeah. sales, right? About in, in, in a side of things, that discipline. So I'm curious. I was curious. I was like, I saw it. I was like, hmm, I wonder if it means something of that sort, or maybe you have it there to just intimidate the people that come to the office. You're like, hey, look, either we make a deal or you're going to see this katana just <laughs> flying around, right? <laughs> so uh, what is that you got there? Uh, not, yeah, for me, it's more <laughs> for my staff. They joke around. They <laughs> chop heads off. So I'll just like, yeah. you know, <laughs> where are they going to wear Yeah. So cool. It's more for that, but uh, no, I mean, look, you speak, speaking of Japanese culture, we, um, my wife and I went to Russia for, uh, for the world cup in 2018 and <laughs> I was, I went to the Columbia Japan game and I wasn't, you know, I knew Japan had sushi. I knew they had sumo wrestlers and that's, that was like about as far as my knowledge went on, on Japanese culture. And let me tell you something. These guys, Colombia loses that game. We were supposed to win. Uh, Japan was a heavy underdog. And we lose. Not only did the Japanese clean up the entire stadium after yeah. the Colombians, which was kind of shameful. The entire stadium. It was crazy, right? Even the players cleaned up the locker room of the Colombian wow. players. Um, but then out in the streets, they were apologizing to us for having wow. won. That's crazy, insane. Right? Like, it's a competitive sport. It's the World Cup. Everyone's in Russia. Everyone's having a good time. And they're like, hey, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know we won, but I'm sorry. Wow. You guys should have won. Right. And so, super noble people. Uh, it, it, from that day on, it really just changed how, like, I, I think they're so far ahead. Yeah. I think they're like 30, 40 years ahead of everyone else on, on, on how they carry themselves, the country, uh, the people in general. And um, I'll tell you guys a quick story about this. So, where Colombia and Japan played, it was, it was the Idaho <laughs> of Russia. Uh, you had to get there by train or helicopter. Uh, it was a little town and they built, I think it was called Saransk. And they built, there was only one, uh, one restaurant that was nice that they built yeah. specifically for the World Cup, right? So... So after the game, everyone went there, right? And then you had all the Colombian stars. You had Maluma, you had Balvin there, you had Shakira, you yeah. had everyone that went to the game. Um, and I'm sure for the Japanese, in like the in that one restaurant. There, right? So I'm there with my wife, <laughs> and there's only one. Like there wasn't many choices. It was one, right? That 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 you had to go to. So we're there. I'm there with a bunch of buddies. I'm there with my wife, and I go up to the bar. I go get a drink. And who's next to me is Maluma and then a big security guard behind me. So I'm not like a huge fan, but I go back to the table and I'm like, hey, guys, Maluma. <laughs> All the girls are like, no way. I'm like, yeah, I just he was right next to me. Of course, they go to the bar. And by that time, he already got his drink. So he's somewhere else in the restaurant. So they're like, oh, you're lying. Sure enough, they see him later. They're like, okay, fine. You're telling the truth. But, um, you know, what was funny about, uh, about the whole World Cup experience is that people yeah. were trading shirts, right? So I had my Colombian jersey on. The Japanese had their shirt on. Um, I'm out there, uh, I'm in the balcony and then I see these two Japanese guys. We get to talking at some point. I'm like, Hey, you guys want to trade shirts? And they're like, Hey, no, 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 yeah. it's okay. And I'm like, all right, fine. No problem. Dude, two minutes later, they come out and the guy was like, Hey, pick somebody. And I'm like, what do you mean? He was just, just pick someone. So I grabbed my wife. They come out ceremonial style and present me a brand new Adidas Jap Japan Jersey to my wife and I all ceremonial style. Wow. And, uh, dude, it was crazy. I, I end up, you know, crazy experience. After that, I go, they had a private room, um, right next to where our table was. So I go into the private room. I talk to the guy. I'm like, Hey, look, I really want to give you guys my Jersey. He's like, Hey, don't give it to me. Give it to this old guy right there. I give it to the old guy. The old guy ends up being what? the president of Korean Ichiban. The guy who I was talking to that gave me the jerseys was the president what? of Adidas for Japan. <laughs> And so things that only happen in the World Cup, man, and it's uh, it, it was such a beautiful. That, that's so cool. The, the that's wow. so cool. Uh, Shout out to that. What too. what a cool story, man! And thanks Amazing. for sharing because obviously we're we're big football and they're real football fans, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and you know it, it speaks volumes. Yeah. I think I was listening to a podcast. Um, it's called Business Wars. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but uh, love it. And they were talking yeah. about Toyota versus something else. There's something else doesn't matter because like the 
player here is Toyota, right? And uh, it was about the time that they were going to come to the United States and, uh, and expand their market. And uh, they're going through... The other company does a partnership where the American employee is the one that's doing the work in their cars, right? So they're producing the Japanese car uh, to the American market. And Toyota waits like a year or so where they come in and they actually start looking at like how the American employee actually does it. And uh, they decide that that's not good enough, that they have to bring their Japanese employees to U.S. to teach the American employee, you know, actually how to run the the factory, right? And uh, the Americans were all about speed, move it, uh, take the cars out of out of the factory as fast as possible. Even if there's a mistake, you cannot stop the the line, right? And what that cost is like the final product was effective, and they had to bring back a lot of those cars to get repaired. Now the Japanese, they have a different culture. They're like every single car that comes out of this line has to be 100% perfect. And if we need to stop the line, if we need to stop the production line, we're going to do it. And all the Americans employees were so scared when, uh, you know, before when they were about to make a, 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 a change to the car, for example, like they were trying to screw this, this tire. And for some reason, it kind of, uh, they messed up this, the screw. And the Japanese, I guess, mentor was like, hey, it's okay. Stop the whole line. We'll fix it. And the guys are just sure. And it's a, this whole different culture of like the craft of we got to make the product the best way possible is uh, take it, slow down, maybe a second, right? And then we can put that product out there. So I love that story on the production line because obviously on our side, we run a production line of content. And sometimes we fall into, you know, that speed of we need to get it out there 100% or in your business, right? We produce stuff, we produce different things in general, right? And it's very important to slow down and it's very important to take a look at the details and it's very important to take a look at your relationships. Like the story that you just told, I mean, they owe nothing to you and they came out and they gave you this amazing experience with the shirt. And and now you remember their nation. You remember them forever and ever. Yeah. Right. And you speak greatly of them. I mean, in, in a way it talks about, I mean, obviously the level of intention that they have. Yeah. But to tie that into the world of content, right. Podcasting that we often talk about is, it's also the experience that you give your guests, right. The people that you have, like you, Sure, they can make your favor by coming to your platform and sharing value, but are you also giving a worthy experience yeah. of the whole thing? So then you can, you know, going back to the sales development, build more rapport with these people. I'm sure you you see these people, you, you're never going to forget them, right? You're never going to forget what they did for you and your wife. And if you ever go there, I don't know if you guys exchange information, right? But, you know, love reciprocity. I'm sure if that guy ever comes to you and he's like, Hey man, what's up? How are you doing? You know? And you guys are talking and it's like, Hey, can we do this? I'm sure you're going to be more than, totally. you know, disposed to do that. Right? So I think it's so, so exciting. And, um, it talks to that value of, of the experiences and actually putting intention into them. Damn. Totally. Totally. Dude, Miguel, uh, as we wrap up, right, uh, what what are your plans for content? Have you talked to Diego <laughs> yet? What are you doing? Because obviously you are a wealth of knowledge. Uh, I, you I, got some cool stories. You have some very cool stories, right? So can you give us a sneak peek of what you guys are planning? Yeah. So look, let me preface it with this, right? Because I'm, 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 we're, we're probably all around the same age. And, uh, and we, we grew up in the age of social media. And I never... I got to tell you, I enjoyed being a ghost for a long time and being private. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, what I'm, what, you know, and, and you guys had, you guys mentioned Diego. So, so I, I'm working with Diego on, on content creation. Um, what we've been doing just to give you guys an idea is like the other day he was at my office. He spent, I think like 10 hours here. Um, and I just said, Hey Diego, talk to every single agent you want here. No script, no nothing. Ask him questions, right? And Diego's amazing at this. Yeah. Um, and we kind of mic'd everyone up. He had his 10, 15 minutes with them. And we're making shorts really augment um, our LinkedIn, our our yeah. Instagram, um, and the other the other the other outlets. But um outside of that, um guys doing a lot more of this. Um from a content perspective, also been getting on on panels for my industry for real estate. Um, 
hosting panels, hosting events, um, and, and really creating content behind it. For instance, this Friday, one day out of the year, we, uh, we take our entire staff, we call it Apex Day, and we take them off-site to do something, right? Yeah. So two years ago, we rented out a cable park and had everyone <laughs> wake surfing. We were the only ones <laughs> That's there. awesome. Um, last year, we rented out this crazy mansion in Homestead, Florida on 20 acres. And we set up like, and the theme was Apex Olympics. So it was a lot of team building <laughs> activities. Nice. And at the end, we threw a big party. Yeah. And so this year, I'm taking them out to Lake Okeechobee. Um, we're going to be training with Green Berets, former Navy what? SEALs, and, uh, and this guy <laughs> that was in the Israeli, in the Israeli Secret Service, Special Forces guy. And it's all tactical training, defense training. So, you know, we have a, we have a whole camera crew coming, creating content behind that. Yes. Um, but I got to tell you, before all this, before I decided, hey, let me, let, let's go this route, the way that we were getting our name out there was just from a transactional standpoint. So we will tell a Damn. property, we will call the media outlets, the Miami Herald, the Wall Street Journal, the Real Deal, whatever may have you, and say, hey, guys, we just did this. And, and that's the one thing that, look, I may not have been good at Instagram and, and, and the other the other outlets, the other social media outlets. But the one thing I was always good at was calling reporters, calling the media and pitching them the story because mm. they want to them. The story is the sale. Right. If yeah. they can be the first ones to report it, that is huge to them. That is gold. You're doing their job almost. Right. Mm-hmm. So I would make friends with these guys or girls. And if I knew something that I know was fresh off the press information, right, it may not even have been a transaction that we did, but maybe I just found out information that I knew they wouldn't have. I would call them and say, hey, I got this for you. Let me help you out. Right. And in return, when I call you for something that we have done, you know, give me the time and then let's write about it. Right. So. If you yeah. were just to Google Miguel Pinto Miami, I'm sure you're going to see a ton of articles just from a transactional standpoint, things that we've done. Yeah. Um, and and, and that, that always helped kind of keep us relevant. What Should I have done what you guys are doing, which is creating content often a lot more? What I think I would be further ahead? A hundred percent. You know, unfortunately, I decided to take a different route and it wasn't until now, six years deep into the business that I said, hey, like we really hey. got to change this. But uh, better late than never. Yeah, yeah uh, I, I don't think it's unfortunate, you yeah. know, like everybody yesterday I saw uh, an Instagram reel. I, I spent uh, quite some time yesterday, not gonna lie, <laughs> you know, uh, scrolling, not the best use of my time. But yeah, just so you know, for context, you know, he's in a, in a different studio, right? I'm, a, I'm in the lobby computer and uh, I hear I hear quiet and whatever. I'm, I'm packing up and I go back in and I see a phone across the room and I'm like, immediately I touched my, my pocket. I thought it was my phone. And it was his phone that he just threw across the studio because <laughs> he was being a consumer and not a producer. Yeah, and I, had to, like, I had to throw it away. You know, I had yeah. to take physical uh, <laughs> action against my, my consumption. But that being said, I saw this clip, right, that said, like, everybody's on their own time zone, yeah. right? And obviously, we as humans are often comparing ourselves to others. It's very natural to do. But like they say, comparison is the thief of joy. Right. And at the same time, it's like comparison just now gives you all these doubts and sometimes makes you, you know, potentially think about what if in the negative side of things, we were talking the what if in the positive before on the sales, but now is what if I would have done this other thing. Right. But guess what? Everybody is on their own time zone and, you know, somebody maybe in the same industry might have started doing content six years ago and they're doing great. But guess what? You had your own approach and you are doing that and you're doing absolutely amazing too, right? So I think it's pretty cool. And you actually remind me of this guy called Cameron Harold, who he used to work for, what is the, it's like Got Trash, the 1-800-GOT-TRASH, something. Got Junk. Got Junk. junk. Got Junk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he used to be the CEO for 1-800-GOT Junk. And he pretty much like doubled that company. And all he did was PR. When you were sharing that story, I was like, Wow, this story sounds oddly familiar where, where I've heard it before. And it was this guy. He said yeah. the only thing that he started doing was pitching the stories to reporters. Yeah. Right. And I think that is an ex- honestly, now at days, I feel like that's an underutilized method of growing because most people, 
the the hot thing, the popular thing might be let's create content, right? Which again, I don't think there's a right or wrong. I think is whatever you do, put your focus in there until yeah. you know you know it's working. You can keep it working at that rate, and then put your focus on other thing as well and build. Which sounds is what you've done. So, I, man, congrats on that. I think that's absolutely yeah, amazing. I I can't wait. And you know, part of what we ask those questions is that people are listening are always looking for ways on how can they remove the friction for their creations. So things that you did, right? For example, recapping is you brought you brought your team, your content team, into your office and be like, hey, talk to anybody here. Like they have um, they have stories, they have lessons, they have things, right? So you can leverage your company. Then you do these events. You anchored events into a content production. T- uh, side of things, right? So just yesterday we were talking to somebody too and she speaks on stages all the time and she has these amazing lessons, right? And we're looking for ways for her to create more organic content on her on her phone, right? Apart from the podcast, mm-hmm. from the ecosystem that happens. So she's using these events as triggers to then go and do her own thing stories and things because she wants to be connected with her audience a little bit more. So all these ideas are amazing at the end of the day. It's like, how can you stay consistent? And I think you guys... You guys are way ahead, right? Obviously, you guys have all the PR. You guys gotten this way without it. Now that you will oh, have yeah. it, oh boy, strap strap on, get ready, man, because you guys are gonna <laughs> are gonna do amazing things. So, congrats, me. I'm I'm very excited for you guys. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, man. Um, sweet. Okay, so we're here at the end. We have a question, right? Action point for somebody, right? That might be starting a business, might be starting on content side of things, right? What is something that you recommend for them to do uh, so they can move the needle forward, right? There are people maybe that are doing a side gig, right? That maybe they just started their own thing. What is something that you would like them to, that you would like to share with them? Look, I, I from a general business standpoint, what I what I like to focus on, it doesn't matter what, what I'm doing, whether it's the properties that we own that we're developing that or properties that we're selling on behalf of the client, whatever business it is, I, I, I plan out my days. And, and, and the one main focus is like, what is that one thing that I need to do today that's going to move the needle forward, mm-hmm. right? Because it's so easy as entrepreneurs, when you think about when, you, when you're planning out your day in the morning and you, you make a, a to-do list of a bunch of things that you have to do. Yeah. And frankly, if you don't do half of that shit, life still goes on. The business is still okay. Right. But what is that one thing that if you just did that and you got that done, the rest of the things don't matter. Right. And obviously keep going. Don't stop there, but just get that (laughs) one thing done. So for me, that, that, that's how I, that's how I kind of run my life or my business. I, I, I plan on my day, the day be, I plan on my, the following day, the day before. And, yeah. and I just think real deep, like, Hey, like, what is this one thing that I must achieve today? Yeah. If nothing else, if I don't do anything else today, what is that one thing that's going to move the business forward? How do I get 1% better every single day? Yeah. yeah. So by day hundred, I'm a hundred percent better than what I was three and a half months ago. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? So to me, that's the biggest thing. Right. And, and so I would ask you guys, right? Like today, if you did nothing else, Luis and Fonzie, what is the one thing that's going to move your business forward? Yeah, I can't, I can't answer that. I'm very proud of today, actually. There you I, go. I'm very proud of today. I actually already did the thing that is going to move the thing forward. I was on prospecting mode. I Beautiful. spotted an opportunity that can move things very fast for us. And I've been taking action. I was already on three calls. For that opportunity, Fonzie doesn't know this because he came here. Uh, so I'm very proud. Completely honestly, this doesn't happen every day, by the way. So <laughs> I would have to go back and be like, okay, for tomorrow, what is that one thing? So I really, as an entrepreneur, I really appreciate you sharing this. Uh, yeah, sounds like like we need to attend the business sales leadership development. <laughs> yeah. Get, get well, this was the Miguel Pinto business sales leadership development. Bro. Yes, yes let's go. But, um, <laughs> but now guys, it's, it's that, right? Like just divide your activities and, and look, it's so, it's so you guys know it, right? You guys know the tough journey as it is being an entrepreneur. It's hard. Yeah. It's lonely. And frankly, in the beginning, you don't have too many people to bounce ideas off of or, or someone tell you, you know, it doesn't come with a manual on how to do things. Right. Yeah. So you are yeah, everything. Yeah. You're wearing every hat uh, until you start scaling up and, and 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 hiring people. You're doing a lot of different things, but again, uh, just focusing on what is the highest value activity that you could do, right, Luis? Yeah. For you, it was prospecting today. Amazing. What was it specifically about prospecting? You know, was it reaching out to a is. certain number of people, or was it closing <laughs> a certain sale, right? 
and don't stop until you get to that thing. Fonzie, whatever it is for you. For me today was I need to find a trainer, right? Like the universe we're, we're doesn't want my brother to know. For, I think he was talking to for you. rookie agents. <laughs> so I have three well, different calls after connectivity this with, issues. with a trainer. Yeah. And my goal today is to make a decision on one of them. Who am I going to go with? And then go ahead and engage them. Because I know if I hire a trainer, once we hire people here, they're going to be well-trained. They're going to go through a 30, 60, 90-day program. Um, and the longer I wait on this, the less training that these guys have does less revenue for the company and does a lot more dead weight. So super important and it's the highest leverage opportunity. Am I going to do other things today? Absolutely. But yeah. everything else can wait until I have, you know, if I do this one thing, I'll go home happy. Well, as we wrap up, right, let's just wrap up first. And uh, well, first of all, Miguel, dude, this has been so good. We, yeah. so we call them golden boulders. I'm not going to lie. I've never been more excited to be to go to Miami than I am right <laughs> I now. Because usually when we go to Miami, I mean, we have like some family there, which we love. We absolutely love. I'm friends. But uh, it, it's like we, we get it's drained. Yeah. yeah, we're like just... It drains our energy, but now I feel like we're building a cool. We got commu- the, crew, the the Miami crew. We got yeah the Miguel, entrepreneurial community. Diego, Blaine, I don't know if you know Blaine uh, from Cast. I don't. I don't, <laughs> well, I don't. Well, but guys, hit me hit me up when you guys come down here. Um, yes, you know we'll do lunch. We'll do maybe even harder drinks after. And if you guys <laughs> want to go partying, we can we can mix it all in. So uh, sounds good. We, we yeah, should we'd love go. to host you guys whenever you guys are down here. Thank you. We should brother. go Thank whenever you. Venezuela, Colombia play. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Or let's catch a Messi match. Yeah. Oh, that would go too. 100%. We were down there last time was for the Barca preseason last year where Lewandowski was like warming up. So we saw Barca Miami. Uh, right nice. at the, the pink stadium, so it was it was fun. So yeah, fun experience. We, we might have to like go down there soon. I know. Don't put it. Network again, record we some also have live a home content in North Florida. It's not Miami, you know, but we do have the beach bars. So uh, <laughs> yeah. it's you know, it's a good it's a good spot. <laughs> now, if I find myself in Jacksonville, I'll definitely reach out to you guys. We'll get yeah, together. We'll, we'll definitely record an episode live. Yes, that has there to happen. All right, guys. With that said. Then- Oh, okay. That's not the one. With that said, guys, thank you so much for tuning to the Madness Profit Podcast. Go ahead and follow the show in your favorite podcasting platform and on social media at Bros. That is Ryan and Miguel here. Help you move one step closer towards your goal. Please don't forget to share this episode and, and leave a five-star review. See ya. Bye, guys. Guys, thanks so much.